my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. My name is Joseph Matichich. Uh, I'm the Secretary for the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia. And it's my pleasure to be able to be here uh, filling in uh, as host uh, for the next uh, few weeks and this time slot. It's great to have you uh, joining us today uh, for our program. This week and for the next week, we're going to be looking at a very important topic. It's the theme of spiritual revival. And we're going to be looking at 10 big questions about spiritual revival. Today, we're going to be starting with the first one, what was Jesus' most powerful message? I'm joined today in the studio by our co-host, Lindy Sperring. Uh, Lindy is the prayer ministries leader for the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia. She's also an associate speaker for Spirit Baptism Ministries. Lindy, it's great to have you along here this afternoon. Welcome along. Good afternoon. Thank you. Now, I know that uh, you have um, been uh, involved in um, in speaking on um, Spirit Baptism uh, and the importance of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to get to that in just a moment, Lindy, but uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, at the moment, uh, you are the Prayer Ministries Coordinator, uh, but yeah, just share a little bit uh, yeah. Where have you come from? Uh, just a little bit, little bit about yourself. Sure, Joseph. I'm a Victorian, actually, which you know very well, but we've been living here in South Australia for nearly three years, and we're involved in ministry here as a lay speaker, in women's ministries, in prayer ministries, in overseeing the resource centre. And I grew up in a, a community, a Christian community, back in Victoria, and so I've had a long association with the Seventh-day Adventist Church since my days in Victoria. So we're really loving being here and involved in all sorts of different ministries. So, so Lindy, uh, you, you've been a Christian. Have you been a Christian all your life? That's a very good question. And perhaps we could all say if we grow up in a Christian home, we've been a Christian all our lives. I suppose I've endeavoured to be. I was taught to be. But it's only when I understood more about spiritual revival, Joseph, that I could then identify, yes, I am a Christian walking with the Lord. So what we're, what you're getting at is that what we're going to be looking at uh, today, starting today, and I should say Lindy is going to be speaking and sharing um, with us for, for the next two weeks, uh, looking at, at, at this topic of spiritual revival. So you're actually really sharing something that's ve- very close to your heart, um, and that's had a significant impact in your life. Would that be fair to say? Absolutely. In fact, if I hadn't come to understand this message, I wouldn't have the faith, the hope, and the belief, and the trust that I have now. Wow, that, that, that's great. Now, before we get into it, Lindy, tell us a little bit, I guess, about, about yourself, uh, perhaps something a, bit, a little bit personally about, about your background or what you've done. Sure, sure. Back in Victoria, I did some training in chaplaincy, and so I've spent time in aged care and chaplaincy. I've worked in the Seventh-day Adventist schools there, and I've also worked in the Adventist Book Centre. On a more personal level, I'm married. We have two children. 
our daughter, who's a teacher, married and living in Cairns, and our son, who lives in Victoria, just waiting for his call to Ambulance Victoria. He's finished okay. his paramedicine training. Wow. So my husband's a great support in ministry. He He's a very prayerful person. And so all that we're involved in, we, we act as a team. Yes. Even today, he's sitting out in the car praying for me now. Wow, okay. Now, Lindy, what do you do um, in, in some spare time, free time to relax, uh, to, to enjoy? Is, is there anything that, that Lindy Sparing d- does uh, uh, by way of interests or hobbies or anything like that? We love to walk. I love reading. We, I really enjoy restoring furniture. I've only just uh-huh. started getting involved in that. I've restored a few pieces of antique furniture. Yes. Uh, we enjoy uh, visiting different areas and, and exploring, going climbing and walking in the mountains and the hills. And you sound active. We, yes, we keep fairly active. I love walking through gardens and seeing beautiful flowers. So, yeah, there's a whole lot of different things that, that we enjoy and I, I personally enjoy as well. I like writing. Quite like to do writing of articles and things and, and reading, just reading different aspects from different books that help me to understand the Bible more. And can I throw in, and you, you enjoy speaking because uh, I, I've had the privilege of hearing you, you present a little bit, and uh, that's why we're really looking forward to you sharing uh, here on Drive Time today and uh, for the next couple of weeks uh, in, in this in this series that Thank we've you. actually got going. So, yeah. Yes, I love to talk about the Lord. I really enjoy speaking about, speaking to church groups or other groups about what God's done in my life and what he wants to do in all of our lives. So you said you were the prayer ministries coordinator for the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia. Yes. Um, what does that involve? Well, it involves really to encourage and enable people in our local church situations to appoint someone to lead out in prayer, encourage others in prayer, and to help them to facilitate prayer breakfasts and other opportunities, prayer meetings, so that there is more prayer happening, which is is the is the lifeline to having a powerful spiritual life. Mm, mm. Now, I bet there's a connection with what we said at the outset that you're an associate speaker for Spirit Baptism Ministries. Yes. What is Spirit Baptism Ministries? That's a very good question, Joseph. So it was Pastor Dennis Smith who first wrote some books, the forty day books, and. Um, he also wrote probably one of his first books was when you 10 say days. when you say 40 days yes you, what do you mean by that okay so he, one of his first books was was 10 days a 10 day book into sort of spiritual revival and okay. and understanding the baptism of the holy spirit mm. i think we all understand water baptism and but understanding the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So Dennis Smith came under conviction to write his first book, and since then he's written, I think, nine or ten what we call 40-day books. So you spend 40 days studying a particular aspect of spiritual growth and revival. Mm. And so he has associate speakers right across the world, and the connection to the book that we're looking at for the next two weeks, Steps to Personal Revival, is that Helmut Horbel, who's a German and um, an older gentleman, wrote this book that we're going to be talking about. And he's come under Spirit Baptism Ministries as well and joined with Dennis Smith to get these books out in the community, to speak about them, to encourage people. 
Okay. Wow, sounds great. Thank you. Looking forward to to us to you sharing a little bit more about that. Now, folks, I should say um, that I, this is the, my first time in the host's chair. As I said, I'm filling in. Uh, but I should also add, we do have Pastor Gary Hodgkin, uh, well known to us here on Drive Time. And uh, Gary, great to have you here. Just in case we run in, 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 into any problems, uh, we're able to... Uh, to have you here, so so welcome along, Gary. And uh, yeah, it's fantastic to actually be with you there, Joseph. Excellent. Um, I, I have to admit, this is a different seat to be sitting in tonight. <laughs> it's a bit of a, it's a little bit frightening. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, no, I. Uh, it's wonderful to be able to have a uh, a number of people uh, stepping up uh, to this uh, brand new role at uh, Faith FM Drive Time. Mm, yeah. uh, thank you. Uh, thank and thank you, Gary, for all that you've done so far here on Drive Time. Um, Behind the scenes, and 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 particularly particularly here on air, uh, look, I wanted to um, touch on a couple of things that have been really happening recently. Um, uh, a couple of days ago, uh, we we had the you know, tragic news over in Israel, uh, where were, there was that uh, stampede, uh, which led to tragically um, many 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 lives being lost. Um, uh, at least um, thirty plus people. People that have been that have been killed. Um, the the witnesses speak there of seeing a pyramid of people who were asphyxiated or trampled in a passageway around th- uh, three meters wide at that crowded event in in, in Galilee. Um, tens of thousands of ultra orthodox Jews had thronged to the tomb of second century sage Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, if I've got that pronounced correctly. Um, uh, for the annual, uh, what's called Lag, Lag Bioma commemorations that included all night prayer, mi- mystical songs and, and, and dance. And then, then tragically, um, there, there, there was that, there was that crush and, um, many, many died as, as a result of that. Um, uh, that, that happened on a Friday and then, um, yeah, by the, as sunset neared, um, the, um, I guess the the rescue and and, and the um, dealing with with the dead. The, the process says he was halted for twenty four hours in observance of the Jewish Sabbath, and then resumed resumed um, resumed Saturday evening. Now, um, yeah, we don't necessarily need to discuss this Jewish festival that that, that led to this, but Linda, this is, this is just a real tragedy. You know, people, uh, these Jewish people here at a, at a religious festival, you, you you just wouldn't expect that when you go to a religious festival that that this tragedy w- would occur. Terribly sad, and you sometimes wonder about how they manage those sort of events because we have heard of something like this happening before, and how they manage it. So many people were not just killed apparently, but there were many people injured as well. So our hearts and our prayers certainly go out to this community. Yeah, yes, yeah, that that have been affected, and I understand that there was a a national day of uh, a morning um, that 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 the um, that the prime minister announced um, uh, following this this tragedy, and um, then then of course uh, we think of what's happening in India. Yes, amazing. Uh, it's the 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 coronavirus um, has. Just really decimated that country, and um, the latest that I heard, Lindy, is that um, just over something like three thousand people a day dying uh, as a result of that that virus, um, and um, 
thousands and thousands more that, that, are, that are affected, the, the, the desperate plea and the need for, for oxygen in, in the hospitals. Um, it's just, just devastating. Um, just sharing here a little bit from the news, what, what, what has come across. Um, in a rush to respond to frantic appeals for help, temples, mosques, Guadavas and charities in India have all sprung to action to help the most vulnerable during the cu- during this country's uh, current devastating uh, COVID crisis. It's it's interesting. Uh, th- th- these places of worship uh, are becoming um, places where they where they're providing uh, uh, essentially makeshift hospitals. Um, uh, a mosque in uh, a, a place called Vadodara has been converted, for example, to a fifty bed makeshift hospital. In the capital of Delhi, um, mm. and uh, and then people, other other faith back, a Sikh temple in an, in in another city has reportedly helped more than seven thousand patients with small small quantities of of oxygen. In what was the the worst daily rise in cases just just recently across the globe, the, the country that's India has recorded high numbers for more than a week, reaching over 18, 18 million since the outbreak began. It's it's just unfathomable. I mean, staggering. It's almost the entire population of Australia, isn't it? Staggering, and to think the overwhelming workload on the health health professionals over there, it's just incredible. I actually have a brother myself in Nepal. And I've heard through the church that many of our church members, our leaders, our pastors have all come down with COVID. I spoke to a nurse on the weekend who's from that region in South India. She said all her family have had it. So it seems like lots and lots of people get it. Not everybody's affected in the same way as we know, but it's overwhelming them there. We've we've been very fortunate here in Australia in comparison. Absolutely. Um, but our, our prayers certainly go out go out to people in places such as India. Of course, there's there's been Brazil as well as well uh, terribly affected. And I think that it would only be really appropriate that right now we just pause and actually pray, uh, pray, pray, pray for these people that that, that are that are suffering. Um, and uh, and those that are grieving in places like Israel, and and that's just a just a bit of a sampling of what's happening around our world. Which, yeah, it's not how God intended it, things to be, and mm. it makes us long for for the day when sin and suffering will be no more, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Why don't we pray together right now? Let's do that, Father God. Our hearts go out to uh, those that are that are affected either by the coronavirus or those that are grieving loss of loved ones, such as this um, stampede in Israel. And we we pray for all those affected, Lord. We we pray that uh, you will comfort them. We'll pray, Lord, that um, we do pray that they will uh, that they will uh, through tragedy discover uh, and come to 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 hope in, in, in ultimately in you. And uh, it, it reminds us, Lord, of the fact that this this world is not how you intended it to be. And it makes us long for our heavenly home when there will be no more sickness or dying or pain or suffering. And uh, Lord, uh, we pray that that day may come soon. And um, in the meantime, we, we just really uh, feel and pray for for these people that are affected. And um, yeah, may we seek solace and strength in you at this point in time. We pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Well, uh, let's continue and let's 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 have some music. You know, what's been happening reminds us of the fact that yeah, we live in a real time of uncertainty, and that's why I'd like us to uh, to have this song, uh, which. Reminds us about the one who does know what the future brings. This is a song, I Know Who Holds Tomorrow by the Petersons. I don't know about tomorrow. I just live 
fm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM That's 1-800-324-843 Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM. This is Drive Time Big Q&A with, uh, with Joseph Matichic. I'm filling in um, as the host for the next couple of weeks, filling in for Nick. Uh, and uh, Nick's taking a well-deserved break, um, travelling. Um, and uh, Nick, yeah, if you're listening, yeah, hope, you, hope you're enjoying your, your break and, um, uh, yeah, look forward to having you back when, when, you, when you're, you're back on. Um, and as I mentioned, uh, Lindy Sperring is our co-host. Uh, Lindy is the Prayer Ministries Coordinator for the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia. She's also an Associate Speaker for Holy Spirit uh, baptism ministries and um, Pastor Gary Hodgkin is here uh, as well and um, appreciate Gary just just helping us out. Now this week and next we're looking at the topic of 10 big questions about spiritual revival and today specifically the we're asking the question what was Jesus most powerful message? Uh, Lindy, we're going to get you to to share on, on this in just a moment. But as, as we look at this, I was just thinking, you know, I reckon a lot of you know this certainly was the case for, for me. Um, I was I was baptized as a teenager, accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior and Lord. But it, it was probably uh, not till my late twenties that I really got to understand um, the importance of the Holy Spirit in, in my life, and and probably really uh, made a Probably a, a deeper commitment to Jesus, and even though I, I, I guess I'd been baptized uh, back as a as a young person, um, in a sense, it was probably a, a rededication of my life as a result of what what I sensed um, God wanting to do uh, in and through me through through His Holy Spirit. And um, I think we're going to be unpacking that a little bit more, not just today, but uh, for the next couple of weeks. Yes. Um, why, why don't you, uh, yeah, lead out and, and share with us what is it? What, why are we Asking this question, what was Jesus' most powerful message? 
It's a very, very good question, Joseph, and it's something I think we all grapple and have grappled with in our Christian walk. And this book that we're looking at a little bit, Steps to Personal Revival by Helmut Horbel, has really helped to identify exactly this this process that we as Christians go through. One of the biggest things about the Holy Spirit, and that's what we're essentially going to be talking about, is that we have perhaps neglected his role in our spiritual lives. And we say, well, what was Jesus' most powerful message? Let's have a little bit of a think about what Jesus did when he was here. What was his mission? And as we reflect on his mission, he did a lot of healing. He did a lot of speaking truth, words that change people's lives. And he also did a lot of healing of people, all sorts of sickness and diseases. What was it that Jesus had perhaps that we don't have yet or have yet to have or maybe have a little bit of? That's part of the big question here I think that we're looking at. So I think what you're getting at there, Lindy, it's it's more than just, uh, I guess if I can put in these words, kind of like a head knowledge, uh, a factual understanding of uh, about biblical teachings or, or about who God is or um, uh, you know, who, who Jesus may have been, but, but, but you're driving at something a little bit deeper there. I think it'd be good for us to have a quick look at Mark one thirty-five. That's the second gospel, Mark one thirty-five, and it says this, Now in the morning, having risen a long time, a long while before, Before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. And this is talking about Jesus. Mm. In the morning, a long while before daylight. Now, who likes getting up really early? Not many people, I don't think. No, We want to sleep in. He went out. Jesus went out. He went to a solitary place, so somewhere just by himself, and there he prayed. There's a big key here, Joseph, that we need to grasp and Mm, understand mm, mm. if we want to be a Christian who follows Jesus and does what Jesus did. Jesus, Son of God, Mm -hmm. uh, come, come, come to this world, Mm -hmm. and and you're reading there, Lindy, that that he's uh, getting up himself early in the morning and and praying, praying to his heavenly Father. So Jesus here. Clearly had this need to, to, to pray. Absolutely. And in fact, his ministry was only powerful through this connection that he had with his father and through the Holy Spirit. Now, I personally like to, um, do, uh, first thing in the morning when I wake up, spend time, um, in God's word, uh, and I pray. And I, I'll be, I'll be f- totally honest. I, I don't, uh, I, I, there are times when I miss it, uh, when I skip it, when I rush off, uh, or, or just do it for, for a short period of time. But the, the passage of scripture there, Lindy, is telling us that Jesus, um, you know, would have made this, I guess, as a regular habit. And, and you know, if he needed to do that, how much? How, how much more do we we and what's this getting at with with Jesus? What what was his? I mean, was it just prayer? Was he just going through some sort of a ritual? What's going on here? Okay, so we look at the fact that he he actually got up very early, before daylight. What happens normally at daylight? 
the birds are all singing just as it's coming about. Noise starts to happen. Yeah. People are getting up and moving about. He went before everybody else got up. Okay, so there's something in the timing there, you're saying? I think so. I think mm. he wanted to be solitary yep. and totally focused on his father. No distractions going on around him. Okay, so there, there, there was a, a reason for when, why he w- was getting up at that, you know, we can, we can pray at any time uh, in a sense, we know that, but there, here we find specific concentrated, if we can put it that way, uh, prayer time. Is that right? That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Just that time with, and when we talk about prayer time, it's not just about him talking to God. That prayer time is is a communication. It's a relationship. It's both ways. Okay. I don't know about you, Joseph, but sometimes I think I do too much talking when I'm having prayer with God and not enough listening. Ah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because it's a relationship. It's two way. In fact, I'm quite sure sometimes God has to interrupt so he can get his message across because it's not just about what I'm saying or thinking or feeling or interceding for. He wants to communicate with me. It's a two way thing that Jesus had with his father. And so Jesus is, is praying to his father, but also hearing from his father. Yes. And, uh, and, and that way getting, uh, getting nourishment, getting, getting guidance, getting, getting direction that, that is going to give Jesus the impetus and the direction for his, for his ministry, uh, I guess, f- f- for that day. Absolutely. Um, and, and very early in his ministry, obviously we understand that Jesus lived at home with his mother to his, in his, about 30 and very early in his ministry he was he was preaching the beatitudes that we all know mm. so god had given him this these words this understanding these these things he had learnt them through his relationship with his father as well as what he learnt at the knee of his mother and throughout his growing up years i wonder then whether this explains in, in a sense why then the disciples of jesus came to him one occasion and they said lord Teach us to pray. Teach now, th- these were Jews. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would have known prayer, uh, that, that very much part of their faith. Yet, you, you know, would they have been noticing, hey, Jesus is going up very early. Uh, there's something about the prayer life of Jesus that is different and we're seeing this in our in our master you know, that they were following Jesus. We're seeing something, and they they're wanting to find out what it is, and and so they say, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. In fact, Joseph, I just talked about this in Mildura Church this weekend. This very scripture in Luke eleven, yeah. where the disciples read it, are saying, read it, yeah, they're saying, you know. It came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased, so they, he must have been with his disciples at mm. another time praying, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So that's when Jesus talked that beautiful prayer, Our Father in Heaven. Yes. Be thy name. Yes. A prayer that many people know. When I was a chaplain in Victoria in the hospitals, there were many people of Christian Backgrounds who knew this prayer and could say it with me or say it themselves to bring them comfort and draw them closer to God. So he's first of all modeling how a prayer should be. Yeah, yeah. And then there's something really exciting that it goes on where he tells a parable, the friend at midnight, 
And then it goes on to say, and I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. And these are all connected in the disciples wanting to understand how to pray. There's a clue here. But really, it's about asking, seeking, knocking. And it's ten times. Six times ask, two times seek, and two times knock. And when the Bible says to do something once, it's important. Yeah. But when it says ten times that we need to ask for this special thing in in how we pray, we need to listen. It, it's really stressing something there, isn't it? It is. Um, it is. I, I like the way you you've, yeah, you highlighted there that Jesus shares the Lord's Prayer, what we know as the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer. Mm. But uh, you, you're saying there that he he, he goes he, he goes on, he, he continues on. Um, and he's, so when he continues on, he, he's answering, would that be right, Linda? He's actually still answering the original question, Lord, teach us, teach us to pray, where they are seeking a deeper spiritual experience. They want something different. And Jesus is, is pointing that something essential is missing for them. And if they don't keep persistently ask, seek, and knock for the Holy Spirit. You said there's some, something is missing. Interesting. So how could it be that something was missing? Well, the essential thing that's missing, and this is an invitation from God, is that if we want to have a powerful prayer life, if we want to draw closer to our Lord, we need to ask, seek, and knock for an outpouring, for a baptism of the Holy Spirit. When you say the baptism of the Holy Spirit, are you... What are you? What what are you referring to? I think this is something that over the next two weeks we're going to draw it okay, out, good. rather than to try to answer it all at once. Sure, but sure. This is the, you know, Jesus' most powerful message in all of his messages. This is like the key. This is like the the, the gold. This is at the end of the rainbow. This is like the full impetus for us having a, a fantastic deep, powerful relationship with our Lord and Saviour Jesus. And it's anticipating, I guess, when we get later on, what we find just before Jesus finished his ministry here on earth and he was letting his disciples know that he was about to go back to the Father, he he, he said those incredible words and that promise where he was indicating to them, he said, um, you know, I, I will go, but I will send you the promise Yes. Promise of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, yes. uh, and so his greatest message, his greatest message is that, um, he wasn't going to leave them. He, he was going to send someone and, and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit would come. And, and we know how powerful it came into their lives. And, um, so this is the powerful message. This is what Jesus is saying that the Holy Spirit is going to come, come into your lives. And, uh, we're looking at the fact here that Jesus is, is, uh, is commanding, is, is instructing. To ask for it, to, to, to seek it, to, to, to want it. To want it more than anything else. Joseph, I have a little confession to make on oh. air. Oh. So I grew up as a, a Seventh-day Adventist in, in the church and as a Christian, but I didn't have the victory in my life. I didn't have the ability to witness in a powerful way. I didn't manage to stay in a place where I had this close relationship with the Lord and I caused hurt to myself and hurt to others. But when I discovered this truth, 
that you cannot be a Christian in your own strength. Mm. When I discovered that I needed something essential, not just once, like we get baptized by water once, but this is every single day. Okay. Try to imagine a clear bottle with some holes in it and each you're filling it up with a jug of water. What happens to some of the water? Yes. It leaks yeah. out. Yeah. And so every day I need to keep filling up this bottle because it leaks out. And in the same way, we are like leaky vessels. We need something very, very special every single day. Yeah. So Jesus himself uh, early in the morning would go to commune with his heavenly father. His disciples come to him and say, Lord, teach us to pray. And in response to that, he, he is saying to them, essentially, ask, ask and seek. Ask, ask for what? Ask for the, for the Holy Spirit. And in that passage there in Luke 11, he, he goes on and essentially says, um, that God is is more willing to give you the Holy Spirit than we are willing to give gifts to our own our own children. Absolutely, absolutely. It says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So there it is. There's that very passage, and 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 Jesus here is wanting His disciples and and us. Uh, as his disciples, as his followers, um, today to understand that we need uh, that that what you, as you said, like a daily infilling, because we are like leaking leaking vessels, leaky vessels. And you said before, Joseph, that some days you have your worship time, and then you we get caught up, yeah. and that happens to all of us. But about a probably eighteen, not long after I arrived here, and I I accepted the position of prayer ministry leader, I I said to myself, Lindy, if you're going to be effective, you need to be consistent. So I asked God to help me to get up every morning at the right time and to spend that time with him because otherwise my ministry, it, it's diminished in, in its effect and in, in its far-reaching ability to touch people's lives. Mm. And so I started to recognize that I need to spend time with the Lord every day and, and the days that I don't or the days that I forget to ask him for his spirit it's just not as effective. And you you notice happen. that, do you? Yeah, I notice yeah. it. Wow. I don't know if you do, but I actually mm, notice it. Mm. If I've got to write something special or an article or prepare for a yes, sermon, yes. if I don't say, Lord, you need to help me, I need your spirit to help me, yes. then I don't do as well. Huh. That's what I've noticed. So it, 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 there is there is sort of a, a missing ingredient, so to speak. There, there's a There's some... Uh, something that, that lacks uh, in that day, um, and um, yeah, and, and Jesus is, is is giving us instruction to, to ask and to, to seek it, so that we we can have that 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 power, that power in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. And when we talk about God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, in a sense, they are one. Yeah. So, in a sense, you are asking for Jesus to live in you. Okay. Through the Holy Spirit. Okay. More more of Jesus to to, to live mm. in you, mm. and. What we know then is that we know what Jesus has done for us, mm-hmm. dying on the cross, paying for our sins, but uh, we're, we're re- reflecting here on then what he does, I guess, in us and, and through us on a on an ongoing daily basis. Yeah. That's right. And it's our choice then. We are surrendering to him. We are choosing that. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. It's the most exciting time in my walk as a Christian huh. since I've been walking with the Holy Spirit more. Yeah.
and and I can just I can just sense even as as you're sharing, Lindy, that 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 uh, that this is something that you've personally experienced, and um, yes. and this is something that that yeah we really want to share with with all our listeners because it's 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 really the the, the secret to, to, to Christian living. Lindy, let's take a break and uh, listen to listen to some music. Uh, this is a, a a great song by by Keith Green. Uh, talks about the, the the whole promise that that Jesus uh, gave about the um uh, the coming of the the Holy Spirit. There is a Redeemer. Let's enjoy this. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Today is the Hidden Truth magazine, exploring your hard questions. 
questions about faith and Christianity. To get your free Hidden Truth magazine, go to faithfm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM. This is Drive Time, big Q&A. Uh, Joseph Maticic here is yeah, your host. Uh, we have Lindy Sparing with us today. And uh, Lindy as pr- is the prayer ministries leader for the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia, but also the associate speaker for Holy Spirit Ministries. And uh, Lindy, uh, just before the break, uh, we were talking about um, the fact that um, uh, Jesus wants us to discover that that we need to have this 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 personal daily infilling which which comes through the Holy Spirit and uh, yeah we, we, today we're really setting I guess a platform aren't we for what we're going to and what you're going to really uh, unpack over the next couple of weeks looking at 10 big questions about spiritual revival yes 10 big questions about spiritual revival now today we're looking at what was Jesus most powerful message uh, we touched on a little bit earlier can you uh, take us a little bit further now with this I think what we're discovering is that if Jesus daily needed a refreshing from the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, that's another name, then how much more important it is for you and I. Right. You and I need a great anointing and baptism of the Holy Spirit. I sometimes reflect on the Apostle Peter. He was, in my mind, a big, rambunctious fisherman, and he often spoke out of turn. (laughs) And he often perhaps was a full-on sort of personality. But Jesus had chosen him as one of his disciples. Mm. He also denied Jesus three times, but Jesus restored him. And so when we look at the Apostle Peter before he received a great anointing and outpouring of the Spirit and after Uh. a very different person, he had the words in he wasn't trained like other scholars at that time and the rabbi, but he had the words to preach the gospel with power and conviction. He had a deeper understanding of God's word. He was able to bring about God's kingdom through miracles and other ways that he brought healing to people. But before, he didn't have it like he had it afterwards. And that's a very big clue for us, Joseph, as we consider what we need and what was Jesus' most powerful message? What was the turning point there for Peter? You're saying that he, you know, like the other disciples, Peter had been with Jesus for three and a half years, yes. actually with Jesus for three and a half years, and then, you know, when the crunch came, in a sense, referring to when Jesus was there at his rest and trial, Peter lets down his Lord badly and denies him, as you said, three times. Yet that afterwards we find, as we read about him in, in Acts, he's preaching boldly. He's he's there's no more uh, Peter, you know, wobbling around and, and whatever else. What what was it? You know, Joseph, it's probably something that we don't really want to know about. Mm-hmm. When Peter had first met Jesus and walked with him, he and his disciples had the view that Jesus was going to set up an earthly kingdom. Okay. And they would all be very important people in this kingdom. And then 
they were so disappointed and they were so discouraged and, yes, frightened yeah. when he was led away, went through a trial and crucified. And then when he was raised again, they didn't even believe it at first. Mm. They had to go through such a crucible of experience. Mm. They had mm. to go through the fire before they realized and had a deeper awareness of spiritual things. And it was after this event that transformed their lives that Peter then came to understand as they were in worshiping together at Pentecost and the Holy Spirit was poured out and they were anointed in a powerful way with the Holy Spirit. And he was a changed man then. He was changed. Mm. And as I look back at my life, I had to go through a really difficult time before I came to understand that I was trying to be a Christian in my own strength. Well, sorry, I don't want to cut in there, Lindy. Please but, cut in. Uh, it, it, it's interesting that comparing again back to Peter, um, could it be said then that we can, a person can be, uh, you know, Peter was with, with Jesus for three and a half years, yet he wasn't really converted. Is it possible for us to, uh, to be going through the, the, the motions of being, being, a being a Christian, if I can say it that way, but not actually truly converted? Joseph, I think you've actually summed it up very, very well. We can, yes, be a Christian. We can go to church. We can do the communion. We can partake and give our offerings and tithes, and we can do so many church-type religious spiritual things. Which are all okay in and of themselves. Absolutely, but we're not truly converted. Uh, We don't fully understand or appreciate. We're still thinking through our own lens perhaps and not understanding that it's not really about us, it's about Jesus. And you were saying that, that that's, that's how it happened a little bit in your experience? Absolutely. I was going to church trying to be a good person mm. and, and do all the right things, even though my family weren't in the church anymore from about 12 onwards. And as I kept trying to do that, I just got so tired and worn out and, and into more deeper trouble like Peter. He got into deep trouble, really. Yes. He denied this man that he had stood by and he would have pulled out a sword to protect. And then he turns around and denies him because he's scared and he doesn't want to be associated with this person who was going to be this king in his eyes, which he is mm. and was, mm. but not the sort of king that he thought. And so for me, I perhaps had had a wrong view of who God really was. And then I went through this difficult time and I started to see things differently. And sometimes that's what happens to us. Mm, mm. You know, if Jesus needed refreshing from the Holy Spirit every day, how much more important is it for you and I? And there's a very good scripture that says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Here is Jesus speaking to his disciples. For if I did not go away, the helper will not come, and this is in John sixteen seven, to you. The helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. Here's this gift that Jesus is saying, I'm going. Yes. I am no longer able to be in every place at the one time. I have taken on humanity. I'm going back to my Father, but the Holy Spirit will come 
and he will live in you. He will, he will be the help that you need. He will support you. He will grow you. He will change you. He will transform you. And when you start to understand that, it's so exciting. There's a beautiful story in this book about a young schoolboy. He was a pastor's son and he was a rat bag at school and he was always in trouble and he really tried to be good. <laughs> so he did want to be good. And it was only when he understood that if he asked for the Holy Spirit and if he kept asking for the Holy Spirit, he was transformed and changed and the teacher couldn't believe it. The other students couldn't believe it, but he had completely changed. He was not causing trouble. He was polite. He was getting on with the other students. He wasn't hitting them and punching them when he was angry about something and he was transformed. It's a beautiful story of what can happen when someone understands that if they want to be a Christian, that they can ask for the Holy Spirit. Now, Lindy, I'm going to be a little bit provocative just for a moment. The Holy Spirit is a gift. Why do we need to ask for it then? That's a very good question. Why do we need to ask for it because if it's a gift? And I think the answer to that is that we want to do things our way, in our way, in our time. Yes. And we don't realize that if we want to have victory as a Christian, victory over sin, and if we want to have a powerful ministry as a disciple of Christ, we can't do it in our own strength. And we have to ask, but we have to keep asking. We have to keep connecting. I suppose it's a bit like so, a light. So it's not an automatic thing. That's what you're, I think, getting at. This baptism of the Holy Spirit, I, I think, is in some ways, yes, what happens when we choose the Lord. Yes, yes. But as I said, we are leaky vessels. But it's also like a light bulb. It only stays lit up if it's connected to what? The power source. The power source. And the current's going through, yeah. We're the same. We need to be continually connected to the power source. And I think we unplug all the time during the day because we, our thoughts and our work and other things take us away. So we need to be come back and be daily reconnected. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's that's very powerful. Now, Lindy, we, we've only got a couple of minutes uh, left on, on drive time and our time together. Um, can you please um, just summarise for us this, this first question that we're looking at as we're looking at this series on spiritual revival and today in particular, what was Jesus' most powerful message? You know, the fact that Jesus wanted to offer us salvation is incredible. It's just amazing. The fact that he came to this earth and gave up many things that we are yet to understand, I believe, is is amazing. But the most powerful message that we're talking about today is that we can walk with the Lord very closely and we can pray like he prayed if we connect with him every single day. Mm. Joseph, we need water every day. Mm. We Mm. need Food every day. Yeah. We need air every day. So we really need the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that prayerful time with God every single day. Yeah, yeah, that's really, really good. Very powerful. Thank you. Thank you so much. And look, um, you know, we'd have people listening, Linda, probably be at, at, at you know, at varying stages. Perhaps, um, perhaps they, they, they've made a commitment to Christ. Perhaps they're seeking Christ. Perhaps they're wanting to deepen their relationship. Um, what would you say, at, at maybe as a, like a, 
one practical something some, something something simple some some take home thing is there something for th- that someone there that, that, that might be out there listening wondering um, look what what I've heard here is is really really touching me um, but I, I I don't know what what could be kind of mean by next step is, is there is there something that that you would perhaps suggest I think the one thing I would suggest is don't feel pressured that because some people are able to pray for long periods of time and get up early every morning that you have to feel pressured into that okay. you need to ask God for a time that you can spend just with him it could be in the evening it might be in the middle of the day but every day ask the lord to help you to find some time to spend alone with him okay and in that time it's always good to read the word, listen to some spiritual music perhaps or sing some songs and to just talk with him. There's no formula for prayer. It's just talking with him. Share your heart, share your burdens, share your joys, share everything with him. And in that time of sharing, say, Lord, please fill me with mm. your Holy Spirit so that I can keep growing in this walk with you. Yeah, thank you. Lindy, can I ask you to uh, to say a prayer uh, for us as we finish up our time together? Thank you. Thank you. It will be my great privilege. Father God, you are an awesome God and worthy of our praise. And you don't just leave us alone here on this earth to struggle, but you have offered us a way out. We are living in a battle zone here on earth, but you've offered us a way out. You've offered us the answers to all of our questions. You've offered us hope salvation, but most importantly, you're offering us this wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit. I pray, Father, for each and every person who is listening, Lord. May your Spirit touch them today. May they sense your presence. May they understand and know that you love them unconditionally, each and every one of them. And I pray, Father, that each of them too will find a way and a time to connect with you every day, to connect with the source of power, to connect to the Holy Spirit. And I pray this, Father, in Jesus' name, a powerful name. Amen. Amen. Well, our time is up for today. Thank you for for joining me, uh, Joseph Matichich and Lindy Sperring on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us again tomorrow uh, when Pastor Will Mawala and uh, Lindy Sperring will spend uh, the time discussing the next question, what did Jesus teach about the Holy Spirit? But thank you again for being with us today. And until next time, I want to leave you with these words of Jesus, who said this, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and a heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May God richly bless you.